life feels perfect Other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our hearts through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life
I don't know who this guy is. I actually looked it up and read uh, Rodney, your blog about it. Um, and sadly, I, well, I don't know how sad it is, but I don't know who he is. I was telling Rodney I don't know him, don't know who he plays for. But it just seems that you have to be uh, part of this world in a, in a way that this young man is. And what's his name, Rodney? Am I saying it? Cop? What's his name? The, Colin the, Kaepernick. The guy who, okay, that guy. You know, if you are if you are in the spotlight, if you are a celebrity in the sense of what the world calls you a celebrity, you know, whatever you do is going to get the spotlight. And we, we just jump on it. We just, just take it and run with it. Um, so, nonetheless, we're running with it tonight, too, and have some things to share about that as well. But we're going to start the show out with our normal topic, well, the scheduled topic that we have, which is basically back to school, whatever parent, what every parent should know. Rodney, of course, is going to bring it to you from the teacher's perspective as well in the classroom. So we're going to be quick, thorough tonight because Rodney and I both would like to kind of just be on for an hour tonight. Um, and then we'll come back refreshed next, next week with maybe a two-hour show. But we're going to just Get it moving here. I want to remind everybody that the chat line is open for those of you who are listening online with us. We are also connected to Facebook. If you are listening by way of Facebook, uh, you can submit your questions to Rodney or myself. You can use the, our private message or you can use the event page. Um, and, and Rodney, I hadn't discussed this with you, but I think maybe this probably will be the last time creating an event page on Facebook so for those of you, I hate hate to do it, but Facebook is just making it such it's just it's just chaotic to try to uh, invite you know one week you can invite this number these number of people and the next week you can't and we all know what that is about. However, I just I'm not going to play that game with Facebook. So you guys know we're on every Monday. Uh, you can look the show up and figure out what we're talking about. But I don't know how many more times I'm going to waste my time with Facebook because it's just it's not worth it to me. So um, they kind of like steer everything there. So I just want to keep you guys posted on that. So stay connected to our pages, uh, the Twitter page, the website, um, and look the show up to see what we're talking about because I may not post anything for as, as far as events. Um, trash can concept, because we may have some new listeners. Uh, that's something that we ask our listeners to do to promote change, to get you to thinking about what you think about, uh, what you are allowing to kind of settle in your life. Just because you've become accustomed to it, it has become a habit for you. We ask that you move your trash can, preferably one that you use frequently. For for me, I think for Rodney and I both, uh, it was the kitchen the trash can that is in the kitchen, and what you'll find is that you'll go back to the place that you moved it from. Um, and in some some cases, like myself, I, I pass the trash can, not at just my house, but at my friend's house as well. I pass it going to where it was. Uh, of course, much better now because I've trained my mind to just kind of expect change or be able to flow with it uh, when it does come, which is something that's very, very new for me. So, Continue to do it. Do it often. Move things in your house after you do that. If you have children, make 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 it fun. Put something on the refrigerator. Keep a count as who goes back to the old place more, and discuss why. You know why do you think our mind keeps up with with those things? 
insignificant things as to where you keep your trash because it's much bigger than the trash can, much bigger than you returning back there. It's more about those big things that really do affect your life in a major way. But again, as we talked about last week, because your mind has become so automatic in that area of your life, you just do it without thought. And that's a dangerous place to be when you get to to thinking about the bigger things in life. So I'll start there, Rodney. I'll turn it over to you. What's going on? I know the kids, you said, came back to school today, so I'm sure this topic is just ready for you, ready for this topic. <laughs> the kids did come back today, Tammy, and uh, uh, good evening to every one of you out there listening. I see that we already have several uh, callers out there. We really do appreciate you guys tuning in with us tonight, um, as we do each and every Monday. Um, for those of you listening, uh, I <laughs> I think Tammy forgot that uh, next Monday is a holiday, so we may not be on next Monday, but uh, whether we are or are not, we will be on the Monday um, afterwards. But thank you guys for tuning in. We always appreciate it. Huh? No, we we will not. You're right, I did forget. Um, I know that I'm I'm off that day and would like to just kind of not be on that, that Monday, but you guys will be back the following Monday. So today was the was our first day back at school. I know um, several uh, several school districts, especially um, um, in the deep south, um, went back to school today. I mean, I went back to school already before now, and even places in Virginia where I am, uh, they went back to school before today. Um, and I think uh, next week and the week after will be the be the end of kids going back to school. And so uh, to all of the um, students, parents, teachers, administrators, anyone listening who is involved in education in any way, we really hope that you have a, a successful school year. Um, and we're going to be talking about a, a few things that uh, you may need to know in order to uh, help you achieve that. Um, it, it's not something that you should take lightly. Um, it is something that uh, I feel that you should uh uh, talk to your kids about, and um, I'm going to start, Tammy. I, I just uh, I made a list, um, and I want to just touch on them and 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 get you to comment or, or jump in here, and um, and then we'll move on to the Colin Kaepernick situation, which has been in the news uh, very heavily um, ever since. Uh, I want to say Saturday morning. I, I want to say it, it really became a, a big deal uh, Saturday morning. The game was Friday night, so we're going to uh, go over. Just some things for school that I think that people should know, and then we're going to jump into that. So, uh, and these are in no uh, particular order, but one of the things that that I that I do want to throw out here uh, to you parents or guardians, please make sure that your children know their address and their phone number. I remember when I was growing up, this was something that once you were able to talk and 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 repeat things, I remember my mom, my aunts, my uncles, everyone constantly saying, your address is so, uh, blah, 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 blah. And you had to repeat it, and you kept repeating it. And then eventually they started asking you what was your address, and you had to be able to tell them. And they did the same thing for the phone number. 
it is very important that your children know their address and 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 how to get in contact with you. Tammy, I can't tell you the number of teenagers, and I'm not talking about any school specifically, not even mine, but there are a large number of teenagers across this country who don't know their address. They don't know the number on their house. They don't know the street they live on. They don't know how to get there. And then they don't even know how to get in touch with their parents. And we're not talking about kids in, you know, in preschool and kindergarten. We're talking about kids in middle school and high school. They don't know these things. So, parents, please don't take that for granted. Your kids need to know that. It is, it is really sad. And you want them to know that because things do happen. And schools can't get your kids home if your kid doesn't even know where they live. And while we're on that, Tammy, before you jump in here, parents is also along those same lines. It's very important that you keep the school uh, in the loop with your address changes and phone number changes and email changes. A lot of times, Tammy, schools try to call parents, and there are three numbers on file, and none of the numbers work. And then the kids will say, well, that's not my mom's number. It is very important for schools to be able to communicate. Things happen at schools all the time, and you would hate not to be in the loop or worried to death because your child had to be evacuated, and you did not know where they uh, were taken to. Tammy? Hmm. Rodney, you left something out, and I'm glad you brought this up because not it's not just the address and phone numbers. Some kids show up and they, they don't know their names. They don't know their real names. This this actually happened, and as you talked about it, I thought about this, this uh, when I worked in North Carolina for the school system. We had a kid that was, of course, after, and I'm sure they still do this, Rodney, you can help me with this one, but for the first, 10 to 14 days, I think it is, um, your actual count, you know, the, the the calling of the role and verifying which students are there or should be there and not there was very important because that affected the funding that the school would receive at some point, you know, per child. And so there was this mm-hmm. child who was turned in, and this is a twofold situation because I think the teacher should have, should have been more um, on point as well. And, and just verifying that this student was, was in the class. So this student was turned in. His name was turned in as, as you know, a no-show. Mm-hmm. Well, he actually was not a no-show. She was calling him by mm-hmm. his real name. And, and again, I, I, I did not understand why, it was, why, why people were as not freaked out about the teacher not knowing this child has been there all this time and, like, <sighs> You know, name tags and things. I just thought, how could this be? But it, it it was, and he did not answer because he did not know his real name. That he was never called by his real name enough to answer. Oh wow! Hey, I'm that's me. I'm here. And so the the thought of a child showing up not knowing name, address, um, and things like that before school that says to me we have an issue with parenting. We have a real issue with parenting in that parents 
are sending children to school, expecting teachers to be to be parents. But so it's not, and and even even going back and now this was more so in Georgia school system as well. We had it was so bad trying to get in touch with parents. We had books that would list that we could find by your address, the parents' address. We could find your neighbor's phone number and call the neighbor and say, "Hey, this is the school we're calling, trying to reach." you know, John Doe's mother that lives next door to you. Would you please go and go over and see? And then um, it got to a point we had to have social workers that we actually call and say, we have an emergency situation. Can you go out to the house to see if this parent is is, is home or a job? And that is insane to, to know that for me, that would be insane to know that my child is somewhere and the, and people don't know how to get in contact with me. Even even with Brandon being 28 now, that's that's insane to think, um, you know that well, they don't know where he lives. Just this is insane to think that something might happen and someone may not be able to get in touch. So we have a parenting issue, which is why we're doing this show tonight. We talk about education. We talk about what's going in the world, um, going on in the world with our youth. But rarely do parents, as you say, Rodney, want to take the credit. For, what when children don't do the right thing? You say they'll stand up. I think that's how you say that they'll stand up when a child is, you know, in the spotlight in a good way, and they'll take credit for that spotlight. But no parent wants to stand up and take credit for the things that go wrong or that a child does wrong. So mm-hmm. uh, I just wanted to add, make sure the kids know their name as well. Okay. Um, Tammy, I had a teacher that. Uh, to tell me before um, that that they had a kid that didn't know how to spell their name. So I, I think that, you know, um, I, you, you make a great point that it, it goes back to parenting. And it is very important that we take the time to uh, do the little things with our kids because those little things may be uh, the thing that saves their lives someday. Uh, the next thing I'm going to go to is, huh? No, I said exactly. You're exactly right. Yeah. The next thing I'm going to go to is, uh, uh, it, it's it's very important, and and I'm going to be more specific. So uh, just bear with me. But it's very important that you stay in the loop uh, with what's going on um, uh, in education and in your child's school. Um, and one of the things that you need to be aware of because it impacts them the most, I think, um, is standardized testing. Kids start taking um, standardized tests typically in third grade. I don't know of any state that does not start standardized testing um, in the third grade. And every state calls their state test something different. In Virginia, it's called the standards of learning. Um, and each state has each state gives it a different name, but it's it's the state test, and so these tests begin in third grade, and every year the kids have to take the reading test and the math test. The other test you'd have to look at your at your um, your state standards and see 
what years the the tests um, are being uh, administered. Now, here's the kicker when it comes to these tests. You can actually fail. Your your uh, kids can actually fail um, these tests, which are um, a big deal because um, they impact funding for the for the school and for the district. Um, they also affect the school's report card. They impact the teacher's um, evaluation, um, and they. Um, they determine what classes the kids will be enrolled in the next year. So these are high-stakes tests. The problem is the kids can fail these tests in third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, all the way up through eighth grade. They can fail every single state test and be promoted to the next grade. And in, and in some states, it may not be that case. It, it, is, that, it is that way in Virginia. And there are some other states that I'm, that I know of that that is the case. The problem comes in high school when um, the kids have to take the, the SOLs or the state tests at the end of each course, and if they fail the test at that point, they don't get the credit for the class. If the kids don't get the credit for the class, then they don't graduate. And so you have a lot of people, you have a lot of kids who end up dropping out or graduating later than they thought they would because they can't pass these state tests. So Okay, Rodney, let me ask you a question about that before you move on. Did did I hear you correctly? You said the third for for Virginia and, and for those of you who are listening I know we have Georgia and, and um out there, but you have to look this up just for your area. But did I hear you correctly for the third grade through eighth grade? They can fail the test every time, each time. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. once they get in high school, if they fail, then that changes the game. That changes the game, absolutely. They can fail the test third grade through eighth grade, and they'll they'll continue to be promoted every year. Isn't that like like setting like so? What should happen? What are they expecting to happen between the summer eighth grade and ninth grade? What what are they expecting the child to get if they fail third through eight, three three through eight? That that that's the problem, Tammy. And and, and uh, caller, I'll see you out there. I'm going to take you in just a second. But that's the problem, and that's what I always tell people um, when when we like to make the black and white argument. It's not necessarily about black and white anymore. It's more so about the haves and the have-nots. And my opinion. From what I've seen, it's more so about separating those kids who are fast learners and those who are not. My sister did not get her diploma until she was 23 because she could not pass these uh, the state tests. And so um, mm-hmm. I think it's very misleading. I think it's deceiving that we allow kids to go from third grade to eighth grade Failing something as as important or so serious in in, in the the eyes of education, and then changing the game on them in high school, because see the kids pick up on it, and they'll they won't try, and they'll fail it because they know 
you're not. They know that uh, they're not going to be held back. They know you got to move them on. I'm going to take this caller from area code nine oh one. Last four mm-hmm. digits are two nine eight three. Caller, you are on the air. Hello. How you all doing? Good. How are you? Very good. I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, you know, don't you think that there may be some kind of system that's set up for them to fail, though? I mean, I mean, I mean, these are educators, so they got to know the kids can't read at this earlier age. They, I mean, they know they can't function or read and write on a, you know, on a, in a high grade. And yet still, they say a certain amount of money goes to, each child per child, I think it's, I think it's in Memphis, it's twelve thousand dollars per child for education. I don't, I don't see where that money going. Uh, and so, um, it, it's to me, I believe that this, this, these systems are set up uh, for to help make our young people fail because a lot of our young people are smart and they're creative while they're young. But if they stifle and they kill that creativity while they're young, when they get older, it, it, it would, you know, dissipate. Um, well, I, I think that you're right. Um, I think that, uh, and, and this is just me being a teacher, uh, I'm not a fan of our current system, uh, educational system in the United States, mostly because um, there are so many kids being left back uh Maybe not physically, but they're being left back uh, intellectually and socially. And so uh, it's pretty heartbreaking to see. Um, and, and in a lot of cases, there's nothing that the teacher can do about it. Um, we, we have gotten away from, as a, as a country, we have gotten away from uh, ensuring that kids have basic skills because we want them to to be, um, you know, the next astronaut or, you know, now there's a big uh, push for STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math. And I think that it, it is a great program. I even teach it, but I don't think it's for every kid. You see what I'm saying? But it's a national push because we're, uh, we're saying that our kids can't, can't compete with kids in other countries. And so now – you know, we want more kids to become engineers when really whatever happened to just earning an honest living, whatever happened to, you know, we're going to we're gonna talk to the kids and find out what the kids would like to do or what they're good at and let's strengthen them in those areas. We don't do that anymore. And so I don't uh, think we don't. Huh? I, I, don't, I don't think, and you say, I mean, I mean you, you're right in the sense that teachers, I mean, you all can't do it all, but then you have the churches, you have members of churches, you have, uh, you know, you have other individuals that can step in, and 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 parents don't have to learn to be creative and 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 set aside, you know, in a club and hang out with the girls and, and all that. They they're gonna have to start setting aside that and learn how to be creative and uh, teaching their own children. You know, self-educate, and we need to we need to encourage our young men. When I speak to our young men, I, I I try to encourage them to self-educate themselves, uh, because even even when the schools don't, you still have to learn how to read and write and self-educate yourself, and to, you know, think and be creative, and uh, and go on and do 
So, you know, that's $60,000 per a child, uh, per third grader that can't read, that will be locked up. You know, one child at $30,000, they gave in 30 years. Man, that's, that's $120,000 a month. So that's, that's a lot of money. And, and you look at how, and the system is set up. So we got to, as African American and as individuals, we don't have to learn to self educate our kids. Well, that, 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 Ron, that... Ron, Ron, Go ahead, Tammy. Ron, Ron, this is, Ron, this is Tammy. Thank you for calling in. I, I think you're exactly right. Um, it seems that the reason, in my opinion, the reason that so much is allowed to go on in the school system is because, again, I go back to what I said earlier, we have a parenting issue. No teacher, I, I had some bad teachers come across Brandon's uh, span of school, school life. However, because I showed interest from day one, I'm not waiting on the teacher to contact me about scheduling a meeting. I'm not waiting on that. Why? Because you're going to have my child for seven to eight hours a day. I need to get a feel from you right off the bat so I can d- determine if he stays in this class or if he goes. And we're not taking the time to do that. We're not taking the time to teach our children how old they are, their address, as Rodney said. So it starts it starts at home. And whatever whatever you send your child to school with, for the most part, any teacher, any teacher is going to, to dance to that music. They're going to accommodate you in that way. But when they what I think what I think is happening, unless you get a Rodney, unless you get a Miss Earlene who who's on the line as well, unless you get a teacher who cares about that child and cares about that child's future, regardless of what's happening at home. And and those teachers are rare. So it goes back to the parents, which is why we said what every parent should know. You you should you should be the author of your child's education. You should. And then that child, uh, the smallest amount of interest from a parent or someone at home, if it's just simple as how was your day, what do you have for homework, the smallest interest, it's as if parents think that teachers should raise their children. And, I mean, we're out on a bridge talking about Black Lives Matter, but we have schools, like you said, Ron, where kids are getting 12, schools are getting $12,000 per child, per child, yet children have no air conditioning, children have no books. So there, we matter when we start from the bottom and fix this, this issue. We can't let our kids see us out preaching to someone else, yet we send them to school and they're treated like black lives don't matter, and we're okay with that. We're okay. Like you said, we're, we're at the club. We're at the mall, but we're not standing outside of the school saying, you're going to get some books in here. You're going to bring this school up to par. It's going to be just like the ones out in Collierville because our children see that. Our children know that there's a huge difference in just the look of the school, just what their eyes yeah. see going in. They know that. So we're telling them we are, we the black race, we're telling them you don't matter because we're going we're to allow you to go and sit in this class for 10 months at this school and know that your school, your supplies, your curriculum, the teachers that they hire at your school is different. And that's what parents don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that you, you're possibly the problem. 
They don't want to hear that. All right, go ahead. They like to have some responsibility. No, you're right. And exactly. so let, let 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 me offer a let me offer a few tips for for those of you guys uh, listening. Uh, things that you can do before your child even gets to school. Um, number one, start a library in your home. If you can't afford a bookshelf, that's fine. Find a place in your house or your apartment, wherever you live, find a place where your children know they can go and get books. There are so many um, uh, bookstores or or just places that um, give books away for free or really cheap. So, if your child ha- if your child has expensive clothing or they have cell phones, there's no reason why you can't have at least uh, twenty to thirty books in your house at a time, and keep them on rotation so that uh, there's always new uh, something new for them to learn. Every chance you get, give your kids some sort of Academic lesson, social lesson, um, give them life lessons, and make it relevant. Make it interesting. Make connections. Right. And all you need to survive in this world is basic skills. When, when we're talking about um just having having talent or having skills. Just get the basics. Teach your children the basics. I remember um, when I was teaching math, and whenever it was time for me to teach solving equations, I compared solving equations to the civil rights movement. So before I started um, showing the kids how to solve an equation and and you know and playing with the numbers. We actually read an article on the civil rights movement, and then we made a chart, and we talked about what whites could do that blacks couldn't, the rights that white people had that that blacks didn't. And I asked them, what's going on here? And they said, well, things were unequal. Okay, so if it's an equation, what do you have to do? You have to make it equal. So how are you going to do that? And the kids said, well, what you do to one side, you do do to the other. And so whenever it was time for them to solve equations, it was like, oh. So all they did was think back to what I said about the civil rights movement. And and it's the same thing when it comes to um, solving equations. Well, they got a math lesson out of that. They got a history lesson out of that. And they got a reading lesson out of that. So there are plenty of things that you can do, and that's something that you can do right in your house. Have conversations with your kids about your educational experiences. Teach them why it is important to get an education in the first place. And it doesn't necessarily mean math and and reading and science and social studies. Teach them how, again, as as the caller said, teach them how to go and seek knowledge. And don't always go off of what's on the Internet. I see so many people posting things on the internet, and I'm like, okay, where where did this source come from? 
and then I Google the source, and there's so many reviews about it being a, a, a fake website. So don't rely on the Internet. It's a great tool. It's a great resource. But pick up a book and start your children reading as early as possible because it's going to help them. If your child is only one or two years old and they can talk, if you have steps in your house, get them counting. When you walk up the steps, start counting. Teach your 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 children can start learning very early in life, and those things will stay with them, and they will go with them for the rest of their lives. And then, the the more interest you show in their education, the more the more they're going to be invested in it. But you have to get the ball rolling because if it's not important to you, it's not going to be important to them. My kids in my classroom. They enjoy learning. Why? Because I do. And I don't tell them. I never tell my students, do this because I said so or because I'm the adult or because I'm the teacher. What? You don't have to do anything that I say. And I tell them that. You don't have to. But here's the reason why we're going to do this, and we're both going to do this. Don't pull your cell phone out of my class. I'm not going to pull my cell phone out of my class. Don't use profanity in my class unless you hear me using it. And they'll never hear me using it. And so as as parents, you got to understand, I'm your child's second teacher. You are their first teacher. Mm-hmm. They're going to love hey, you and respect you regardless. Does, Maybe not so much. I was going to comment, comment on you talking about the, the at what age and, and, you know, going up the stairs and counting the stairs. Parents have no idea how how much that helps. The earlier you start, statistics actually show that kids, they obtain that stuff at an early age more so than they do at a, at a younger age, I mean, at, a, at an older age. So you're exactly right. Count with them. All the things that, that pre-K, the reason we have pre-K, I think now, number one, I think is, is, is funding. I think they just want to play with the money. But I also think that it's because – Kids, kids in kindergarten started to know much less than they did back in our day when, when coming to school. We knew our address. We knew how to count. We knew right. our ABCs because we right. were taught that at home. We start. We were. We were. I, re, I can remember starting to read, reading to my grandparents and my cousins just by what I saw the, the picture. Not the words because I didn't know them, but I was so young I was able to look and see the picture and create in my mind what the words might say. But something mm-hmm. like it wasn't that. It's just somebody sitting down, taking time with me and learning. But we don't we don't make the time to sit down and play with our kids and make it you can make it fun even at that age. And I think some parents um, put this back on the schools now because I feel like if the schools were really, really interested in our children's best interests, again, outside of teachers like you, Rodney, then they would do more to get the parents involved. I think a lot of parents feel like they are not able or they don't have the education or just the basics that are needed to come out and help at school. I can remember it right there in South Oscar, Georgia, being in the middle, having kids from, from both project areas, both project areas, 
I don't think that was a mistake in, in zoning. I think they purposely did it that way. However, when we ask parents to come out and help, when we say we do need you, that there is something you can do, even if it's make copies, you know what that does for a teacher to be able to go make copies and, and whatever. But the, some of the right. parents, not all of them, the great majority of them were so happy just to be able to come and feel like, well, there is something that I can do. Because there's always something that a parent can do. Ben Carson's mother, if you've not watched that story, Ben Carson's life, she had a third grade education. Yet somewhere it clicked in her mind that these boys are going to turn this TV off and they're going to read. They're going to read. The story might have been fabricated a bit. However, nonetheless, look at Ben Carson. Look where he came from, from a parent who had a third-grade education, but she showed interest, even to the point, according to the movie, she, she faked and said, you know, I need my glasses. I can't help you with that. It wasn't that she couldn't, couldn't, I mean, it wasn't that she needed glasses. She didn't feel like she could help him. So, again, parents, there is something that you can do. Buy the book. Go to the library. Sit there while your child goes about his or her business with the books. There are ways that you can make it happen. There are ways. But I'm just going to say, again, at the earlier you start, the better your child will be and the more interested your child will be in his or her education. And since we like to play dominoes so much, you can sit down and teach your child dominoes, and that child will learn math. By playing dominoes, plus you're playing the game, like you said, Tommy. So we, we gotta we gotta take advantage of all types of ways to educate our children, so so they understand that the world is just it's bigger and it's beautiful, and, and but the world is bigger than their neighborhood or the city that they've grown up in. So they went up in trouble, so they'll be able to go out, travel, meet other people. Uh, start other friendships, relationships, rather than on Facebook. Because we try to teach with Pian Inc. We try to teach young people that, uh, even if you're on Facebook, learn how to make friends on Facebook because of the culture. Because you never know that, you know, one culture get angry with you, at least you may go to another culture and deal with them and work with them, and, 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 and they'll maybe even help you. And, and the more friends you have and the more people you relate to, the more that you're able to uh to get around and have more doors open. Right, totally agree. I agree with you, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on this topic of of parents being in, in, involved, and um, I'm gonna bring up uh, grades. First of all, uh, please understand that what your child learns is far more important than the grades they receive. They only need grades to play sports and to get in college or into a particular college or to go to grad school or something like that. Or when, when jobs are looking at them, some jobs look at their, at their GPA. Other than that, they don't do anything for your child intellectually, nothing. And they are not a true picture. There are kids who bring home Fs and they're, and, and they're, Smart, they're just as smart as the kid who, who brings home AIDS. When I was in college, I had a professor that, that gave me an A because I had a nice personality. 
And he said it right in front of the class. And so please be mindful that your your child's knowledge and their skill set is far more important than those grades on that paper. If they are bringing home A's, and let me tell you, in today's time, A's are handed out like candy. It is it is not a true indication of uh, of what they of what they know. Um, in fact, a lot of school districts um, don't allow teachers to put certain grades or certain comments on the kids' report cards. And unless you go into the school and have a conversation with the teacher um, and see the work that they're doing, don't just look at the report cards. Ask your child to show you the work that they're doing and then find out if it's, if if it's grade level appropriate, because you have sixth graders actually doing third grade work in school. You have ninth graders doing fifth grade work and they're bringing home these A's and you may be proud because it's an A not understanding that it's something that's several grade levels behind. And so in all actuality, your child is not where they should be. So ask the teachers, can you see these assignments that they're getting A's on? If it's a writing assignment. Yes, if she ever can, a drop big grade, and I mean, such you all. If she ever can, a fifth grading scale. So and they can't hey, do hey, all Ron, Ron, I have those uh-huh. right here, and I, I was waiting. I was waiting for for Rodney to get at a stopping point because I want the people to hear what the new grading scale is yeah, for, for grading our scale, you zero to forty six is an F. Okay, so I said from zero to forty six is an F. Forty seven to fifty eight is a D. Fifty nine to seventy is a C. 71 to 89 is a B, and 90 to 100 is an A. So you can make a <laughs> You beat me to it, because I pulled it up. I had it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. You can make a 47 to a 58, that's a D. That mm-hmm. used to be an F all day long. And so, again, why? Again, why? And then think about the children today, the youth. What can we really, if I was, if I was a teenager, there is nothing an adult could tell me at this day and time because I would look at all of them and say, you are, you are liars because of what we allow to go on. So what that, that's setting a child up for failure. What is he or yeah. going to do when, when they have to test? If you're making, according to the school system, a 47 to 58, that's a D. 59 to 70, a C. See why and and who was there when this happened? Like who voted this in? Doors to Hobson, so they could get money about funding. Doors to Hobson. Think about think about this too. If your if your child is not in in Memphis, wherever you are, think about the grading scale where you are, and. Not only is it this 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 is this is really criminal to me. This is criminal. Um and it's it's a disservice to the kids. But think about this 
um, if you're not in Memphis. How fair is this not only to these kids, but how unfair is it to your child if they are not on the same grading scale when it comes to college and playing sports? Your child, let's say, let's say in Virginia, most school districts in Virginia have a 10-point scale. So in Virginia, a 59 is an F, right? But in, in, in Memphis, 59 is a C. So your child in Memphis is playing sports with a 59 average because it's a C, so it shows up as a 2.0. Whereas my child in Virginia has to get a seventy in order to in order to get that same grade point average. So when they go to college or when they're applying for college, okay, my child's average or percentage may actually be ten or more points higher than your child, but because of this um, inconsistent grading scale, your child may get into college with a 59 and my child may miss out with a 70. Hmm. That's fine. So, That's fine. again, what are we, what are we doing? And I'm going to go back to something that, that Tammy just said a little while ago. This, this right here would have never happened if the parents were involved. And I'm going to tell you guys this if you're listening. Parents have the power in education. Parents and community and community leaders. But parents are first. Parents have the most power in education. So as long as you are quiet, nothing's going to happen. And even if the school doesn't do enough or doesn't do anything to bring you in, they can't stop you from coming. So show up. I'm going to tell you guys, like, uh, this guy told me a long time ago. If you never meet your teacher, if you never meet your child's teacher, that's the same as dropping your kid off at the 7-Eleven with the man standing in front. You don't know the man standing in front, and you don't and you don't know who's with your child all day. How many times do we see pedophiles in the news where teachers are sleeping with students? You don't know these people. Just because they have a degree doesn't mean that they that they're a good person. Just because they're in, in an honorable profession doesn't mean that they're good for your child. Let me tell you, kids will tell you when a teacher is not right. They'll tell you. They'll say, I don't like Miss So-and-so. And my first question is always, well, why not? And they, and they, bloop, 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 bloop. and you can always tell when it's the kid, because I'll start asking questions. Well, is she mean? Uh, because you go in and you do everything you're supposed to do. You're quiet walking into her classroom. You sit down in your seat and you do your work. You raise your hand and wait to be called on. You do all of those things, and they'll say, no, but she doesn't have to. No, that's the end of the story. You're wrong not to teach her. Stop causing problems, and there won't be any. But they'll tell you, so-and-so stays on their phone all day. They're always at their desk. They're always yelling. 
they'll tell you. But you can't be so busy and consumed with life that education is important. It is not important, excuse me. It has to be important. Check your child's backpacks. We find papers from September in March. There there are papers that never made it to the parents, and they got September dates on them. And it's about functions that took place at the school. Check their backpacks. Or raise them so that they know when they when they walk through that door, they take everything out. Here you go, Mom. Here you go, Dad. But you gotta be involved. Gotta be involved. Um I'm gonna go through a couple more things here. Um if that's all right with you, right, Sammy. Right, before you before you before you do that, the grading um the grading scale is we talked about the grading scale and you just mentioned about dropping your children off without meeting your their the teachers, like dropping them off to, you know, the seven eleven with a stranger. The same I just want to make this, this this point here. The same people who are voting in the grading scale that I just mentioned or or who are allowing the things that to go on in school in the schools that, that are going on, these are the same people or the same type of people with the same type of character reviewing the applications. And Rodney, I remember mm-hmm. you mentioning to me there was a principal, well, there was a man who had who was a principal that no one had checked his credentials and he did not have the credentials to be a principal. I can't remember what state that was in that you told me about, but I re- that that story came to mind as you talked about how the parents go and drop the kids off, never go and, and have that, that appointment with, with the teacher. Another, this happened last year. A teacher shared this with me. Uh, they had a parent that came to the school and raised so much hell about the child's coat that she had spent so much money on. And she could not find it. She accused everybody in the school of stealing it. And guess where it was after all the noise? Guess where it was? And had been all the time. In the book bag. In the book bag. Now, as a parent, you think that's the first place you look for, you know, for a small child. It's the first place you look. But that's also the place you should be looking every day because you do have a small child that probably need your assistance with their studies. Yep. Yet we put everything on the school system and the teachers. And it's only a yep. reflection of what is going on at home. So, <laughs> okay, moving right along. Oh, you're fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on uh, one more major thing and I'm gonna post all ten of these things um on the event page, Sammy, but I'm gonna touch on one more major thing that I think that uh uh, you you guys need to be aware of, um, and that is if you are the parent of a um, black student, especially a male, um, you need to understand that your son is currently four times more likely to be suspended or expelled than his white counterparts for the same exact offense. You need to know that that is going on in the schools, um, and that's everywhere. That's across the, the, the country. Um, they, it, it, it's such a disparity that um, it, it is 
it, it is starting to uh, become a concern, although it should have been one. But right. now the media is starting to get a hold of this of this data, and they're starting to put it out. The problem is we don't have enough people uh, who care and who are pushing this issue. Uh, but you need to understand that uh, your son, if if he commits the same offense, and we see this all the time, because we talk yes. about it, uh, we talk about it when it comes to these, uh, when it comes to our black males being gunned down by white police officers and the white guys getting away. We 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 see it all the time. But you need to understand in school, let's say. Uh, your son gets in the fight and he's black. Let's say, no, let's go to something else. Let's say your son pulls the fire alarm. Your son is 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 probably going to get 10 days. And in most places, if you are suspended for 10 days, you automatically have to have a hearing. And at that time, they have to decide whether or not they're going to let you back in school. They can suspend you for 90 days. They can suspend your son for 364 days, or they can just permanently expel your child, and they, um, and, and then an alternate education is is put into place, and that's for your son pulling the fire alarm. But you have to understand that a a a white male student can pull the fire alarm, and they might get three days. Maybe they could just be let off with a warning. It all depends. Um, and you need to understand that these things are happening in the schools. So in order to prevent these things or at least uh, um, make these things better, number one, uh, tell your, your children to go to school and behave. But number two, get involved at the school because if not, these things are going to keep happening. And let me tell you guys something. Um, when there are opportunities for parents to come to school, and this is just um, from what I've seen and what I've heard from other teachers. Whenever there's a back-to-school night or parent-teachers conference or something like that, the parents who don't need to be there are the ones who show up. Um, And in a lot of cases, the black parents don't show up unless um, unless they're there to start trouble, some of them. Some of them just come to start trouble. But in a lot of cases, the black parents are absent. The black parents are too busy for for a conference. And as long as that is the case, your your children are are going to be at at a disadvantage for so many reasons. But I encourage all of you to look up the statistics for your state, in your city and see what is going on and you'll find that children of color are expelled and suspended far more than their white counterparts and sadly we don't make up a great uh, percentage of the population and then hey, that, hey, Ronnie. that trend oh, my, Ronnie. how, how would um how would a parent um I know that there's a such thing as a student handbook or or the 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 uh I can't remember what they would call it back then but it's the it's the school handbook I guess it is um that 
a bulk of the information is in. And I think what is happening, well, I don't think what is happening is, of course, parents are not reading um, the handbook um, and the curriculum and things like that to, to, to have an idea of what should be expected for the school year, what their child should be learning uh, prior to the first day of school. But how would a parent, I know they can Google that information. Is that also, do you know, is that also something that they can walk in uh, and ask and request? and that school systems should have on hand because I, I know of a situation in North Carolina where a young man was being suspended off the record because there's only so many days a child can be, well, it was. I don't know what it is now. At that time, it was only so many days a child could be suspended um, before other actions takes place, you know, system-wise, failing and things like that. But there was this young man who they were allowing to be expelled off the record, meaning that they'll send them home for seven days, but they don't report that to the county because, again, that affects funding, that affects so many things. Right. So how would a parent or what is the best way for a parent to, to get that information? And, and, again, why is it so important that they read that information, go to the PTA um, or PTO uh, meetings and things like that? And then a lot of schools I've learned this year, talk to you about that, Rodney. Not all schools have the PTA or PTO. There's a, there's a system in New Orleans that, that are trying to get that into the system. And I was shocked, like, why are you trying to get it in? Isn't it just, isn't that mandatory? But it's not. So if your child yep, does, does not have one, I mean, but, but it's actually going on. It is actually happening yeah. where they have systems that they don't have it. Nobody has implemented yeah, it into wrong. the system. And of course, it's across. It's on the other side of the track. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah, still, I don't know why they don't uh, report. You know what? I mean, I'm in the home. I don't know, cut in, but uh, I don't know why parents. Um, that's a good way. Uh, uh, that's a good tool for for parents to have to fight against the against the board and against the educational system if they know. I mean, times a child has has been suspended and then they have not reported that because. If the child is suspended, then there's no sense in the, the, the state or that system still getting that funding. Uh, and so they need to report that to the Department of Education. And they, get, they need to hit the Department of Justice website and, 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 and contact the Department of Education or OSHA and let them know that that's taking place and when that's happening. But yeah, but, you know, the school system is aware that parents are not knowledgeable as to the laws and, and what can and cannot happen uh, locally, statewide, or so forth. They, they, they are aware that, that we're, not, we're not reading, we're not searching for that information. Like, I, I, I wish I could ask parents how, how many times, how often have you asked for the curriculum? What should my child know? What are you going to be teaching this year? What, you know, school-wise. We're not asking for that, but we're posting on Facebook now. We're posting all day. We're, we're taking selfies and posting it, but we don't know how many times the child can be suspended. We don't know what the child can be suspended for. We don't know that the child cannot have the phone, and if so, this is what can happen. But we, we respond when the phone is taken, of course. So, again, what is, what's going on at the school is a reflection whether you want to own it or not. You, you want to be out there when they make the straight A's and the principal's list, but you want, don't want to go out there when they're in the office. 
you don't want to go out there when they they did some wrong. You're not taking credit for that. That's it. <laughs> so, so here's um, so as far as the parents getting information um, um about what the what what they need to know, what the kids need to know, what the kids are going to be learning. A great place to start is the school's website. Um, and if the school's website is not up to date, then that's something that you can uh, really make a big fuss about um, because the school's website should be up to date. Every school and every school district should have a website with important information. In fact, um, just about every school district I know of in this country is is um, you know trying to keep those those pages up to date. And then, in a lot of cases, uh, the uh, the teachers have their own specific page on the school's website. So I would say start there. Um, what I do in my class is every assignment that the kids are going to have is posted on my on my page on the school's website. So even if the kids are out sick, um, if the, if they have access to a computer or the Internet, they're more than parents. They can... Um, uh, they can see what we did in class. Now, a lot of the things that we do in, in my class, they can't do at home because they don't have the software, um, but they at least know, hey, this um, went on while I was while I was out. Um, but as far as, um, and, and I will say, too, um, I don't know what other school districts have, but I know um, uh, in many cases uh, school districts now have the uh have some sort of system where uh the grade book is is in the system and when teachers put grades in it sends the it automatically sends uh sends parents an email if they are registered so the 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 key is the parents have to get the login information from the school and then they have to um you know, go ahead in and, and, and log in, and then they'll get they'll get an alert. Or the parents can go in at any time and see the child's grades. So there's no excuse for being out of the loop. There's there's no excuse for uh, parents or kids going up to the teacher at the end of the uh, quarter or the end of the semester or end of the year saying, "Hey, uh, why is my child failing?" Well, the information has been out there. Uh, for the parent to see um, all quarter long or all year long. So uh, I, I will say find out if your child's school has that and take advantage of it. And if they don't have it, ask them why they don't have it and then recommend that they get it um, and start a petition because you should be kept in the loop. Um, another thing is this. So as far as going back to the information I was talking about as far as the black males being suspended more so than than the white students, keep in mind, and you two jumped on this, keep in mind that that is what is reported. It doesn't mean that those are all of the cases. If they reported every single thing, it, the number would be uh, through the roof, I'm sure. But they don't report everything. And I think, Tammy, you said this. Or, or either uh, I think Ron, uh, I think one of you, uh, I can't remember who said it, but uh, it does impact the school's report card. So when you start 
reporting uh, suspensions mm-hmm. and things like that, it impacts the school's report card. Um, and it also, um, um, I don't know if they get in trouble, but it, it does raise some concerns. And so uh, now what a lot of schools have gone to is, is sort of a, a system where, um, you know, the the first step is you know you gotta you gotta talk to them. Doesn't matter what it is, but you gotta talk to them. Um, you know, and then you have to be, like suspension is so far down on the list, and so you have kids taking weapons to school. And when I was in school, that was an automatic ten day suspension in the hearing. Now you your first offense could be a warning. It, it just depends, um, because. Discipline has become something that, um, you know, it's not like the Joe Clark days where, you know what, you're going to sell drugs in my school, you out of here. It's not necessarily that cut and dry anymore. So, again, find out what's going on in your, in your, in your child's school because you, ha- you, you just, you just don't know. And, and something else too, um, even and 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 oh, let me ask and let me answer this this question. If you go into a school and ask for that information, I don't know if you'll get it, um, because it's the school's data. But I do know that whatever is reported to the state does become public at some point. Um, and then well, something Ronnie, else. Which, which information, Ronnie, which information are you saying about the suspension? If you ask for that yeah, you or can, the curriculum. Yeah, you can okay. see yeah, all of the all of the academic data, so like the test scores and all of that stuff, is eventually made public and then also all of the, the, the discipline the disciplinary infractions, that stuff becomes public too. But keep in mind it's what's reported. It's it doesn't mean that it was every single incident that happened at the school because uh, schools are impacted by these things. So they can't, they, they don't, well, I'm not going to say they can't because they should, uh, but schools don't necessarily report everything that's out there. So, again, if you really want to know what's going on, uh, I'm going to tell you, again, talk to the kids. The kids will tell you um, unless they think that they're going to get in trouble about something. But if it's somebody else, a lot of times they, they don't care. They'll let you know. And then the other thing uh, I will say is, there's always at least one person at the school who's willing to tell things off the record. Yep. Yep. You just got to figure out who that person is, but there are people who don't mind talking. You just got to figure out who they are. And it's unfortunate that people have to to feel like that, have to feel like they can't voice concerns, uh, because in a lot of cases you can't uh, talk publicly. Um, because you will be fired. Um, and I don't know if you have a fight in court because a lot of times it's written in the HR policies um, or it's in the teacher's contracts that teachers cannot talk about certain things um, that go on at, at school. Um, it, 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 it just all depends. Like it, It's a very touchy um, thing, so a lot of teachers don't speak publicly um, in fact, you're not even allowed to um, talk to the media. Let's say, let's say something were to happen at my school, 
and the media came to the school and let's say they wanted to to interview, um, let's say they wanted to interview me, right? Um, because they know that I'm friends with the person in question. If it's if it's school related, I'm not allowed to talk to the media. No teacher in, in, in the school is allowed to talk to the media. Um, regardless of how we feel about it, we can't talk to them um, because the school district has a uh, media rep who may not know anything about the situation, but there, there's there's one person who, you know, that is their job. So um, a lot of times that's why teachers are quiet uh, because they just can't. Me, uh, I'm, I'm I'm very mindful and I'm very respectful. But if you ask me something, um, I, I'm I'm going to tell you my opinion, uh, or I will give you a fact. Um, but I, I'm I'm to just because I am mindful, um, and, and I did agree to work there <laughs> under those conditions. But um, I I have no problem uh, speaking about education in general or or school. Um, but I will tell you guys this. Um, it is uh, every person who works in a school or school district, their salary is public knowledge. So you can you can look up how much um, people in the school system are getting paid. So uh, you can see where your tax dollars are going um, if you ever want to. Ronnie, I want to come in on you. You mentioned that the go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Ron. Go ahead, because I, I'll. No, no, no. Go, go ahead, go ahead, please. No, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Ronnie, you mentioned that there's always one teacher or one one person, you know, faculty or staff that's willing to talk. I think this would be one of those times until you find that person, act like there is one that's talking. Go in like you mm-hmm. do have. Inform, you know, someone informing you of things because you you'll get some things taken care of. Then, of course, I mean, you you can call it what you want, but sometimes you have to do what you have to do to get what you need for the better of the people as a whole. And these are our children. So Rodney's exactly right. There's always someone that's going to talk that's sick and tired of it, but they feel like they and and they do. They need their paycheck. They need their job. So until you have that person, you go into that office in that school system. Um, Insinuating is the word I'll choose that you do have that person in your back pocket, so you can mm-hmm. get what you need. Yes. And those ahead, are, um, and those that those are those those parents those parents that have special need children, those parents that have dis- children with disabilities, you have the right to ask every school for reasonable accommodations for your child, and they cannot turn you down up under the American Disabilities Act 504. If if you don't understand that, go on the website, look it up under the Department of Justice, and it will tell you all the rights that your child has with a physical disability, no matter what. They, They cannot turn you down for reasonable accommodations if you ask for the school system, they get federal government dollars and subsidies of any kind, the city, state, or whatever. They cannot turn you down. And if they do, it's a violation under American Disabilities Act. But you have power, too, those parents that have children with disabilities. 
And see, Ron, you bring up a, a whole other conversation because kids who have been labeled with disabilities actually receive more funding. So where the, it may be $12,000 per child um, here in Memphis, if you tag on disabilities, um, even even ADHD, which is, again, we could go in a whole other hour on, on the number of kids, especially black children, who have been diagnosed with ADHD and, and, and have to take Ritalin, which, which numbs their life. But the funding for any child who's labeled, so to speak, whatever that may be, the funds tremendously go up. But what are they doing with the money? Even to the point where if your child transfers before a certain time, I don't know if this is across the board, but there are certain states, if your child transfers to a different school after, say, that that that, that 10 to 14 day window that I talked about where it's so important to make sure who who is in attendance anytime after that and again this differs per school but it's up to you as a parent to know this the funds can transfer with your child it's just that you it takes work to do that because what happens is is the school that your child may be going to has received the funding per child that that was recorded those number of days so now this school is going to get – that your school, that your child attends, is going to get the $12,000, whatever it is, for your state. But if he or she transfers for whatever reason, what happens to that money? That money should go with you, but we don't read enough to know. Curriculum, if you're going to be transferring your child, you should be on the phone asking, hey, I'm bringing my, my, my son or daughter there. What is the curriculum? Where, where are you in the process of the learning? What's the best day to bring them in? We'll we'll check for everything else in the world. We'll get on and check the the bags, what's the latest and the greatest outfit, Michael Kors thing. We'll check all of that, but we will not study or gain knowledge for the life that we bring into this world that we say we love so much. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Don't mm. understand it. Yeah, Tammy, you own it. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. So, Go ahead, Tammy. No, I was going to say, I don't know when you want to switch it over, Rodney. It looks like we're going to do the same thing again. We're probably going to be on here. <laughs> but if you want um, we, we think too much of like I was getting ready to say, uh let's uh let's get ready to um uh switch over the the transition into the to the next topic and I'm gonna try not to be too long with it, uh but but we'll see. Um and for those of you uh just joining in, um so we posted a few things out there on the event page right now, Tammy, um and Ron, I'm gonna uh post the uh the, the Memphis uh, public schools grading scale uh, for people to see. And then the other uh, things that I didn't get a chance to get to as far as education, I'll put those up there. Yeah, yeah. And, Rami, I know if, if anybody's listening in Tennessee and, and you have or if you have some questions or need some answers and you're not getting them, I'll be I'll be glad to assist you with finding the information, even going with you to find the information, but you, you have to be ready and, and willing to see it through. Don't 
I mean, don't contact me if you just got an issue with with discipline that you that you really need to to work with your child on. But if it's some some stuff that's going on that should not be going on, there's always a way to fix it. And and there's I don't believe that the teacher is always the issue or the school system is always the the, the issue as well. But um, you know, if you're out there, you guys know how to get in touch with me and, and you need some assistance. And I'm sure Rodney will help you with the states that he is aware of. Um, North Carolina, Georgia, and Tennessee, and Florida, a little Florida, not as much, uh, only a little bit in Florida. But for me, I have some knowledge about the Georgia, North Carolina, Tennessee, and just a little bit of Florida. Well, we, we deal with, with the, um, well, we, let, let me say, for those that those parents that have children that have may have spinal cord injuries that are young, uh, that are dealing with issues, um, should you need should your child need some help or you need some help understanding uh, what is the child the child's going through being in a wheelchair with a spinal cord injury, our our tenancy number is nine zero one. If if you all don't mind, nine zero one seven three six forty one zero seven. And and we will try to assist uh, with helping your child with or and yourself with those that have spinal cord injuries. Hey, hey, Ron, if you don't if you don't mind, before we move to the next uh, topic or discussion, do you want to give out any any information on what you're doing um, and what you're working on? Do you want to share any of that and tell the people how they can connect and assist? Well, well, we're doing. Quite a few things. Well, right now we're working on uh, a couple of things. Working on a documentary that we're trying to put together about the, the, the consequences and the choices that individuals go through, uh, going from walking to being in a wheelchair, and um, and and all of, and all of the and all the things that they have to go through to learn how to survive. And um, it's it's a you know it's a lot statistics say that individuals get paralyzed with spinal cord injuries. Don't don't supposed to live more than fifteen years, uh, and many don't live longer than that. Some commit suicide because they can't deal with the situations that they're in, uh, you know, the abandonment and all that. So we want to, we're working on on a documentary dealing with that. Uh, we we're working right now, like we said, to try to help individuals that uh, that have issues with the school system or or rights have been violated. Uh, we were, we're working on assisting uh, individuals that have spinal cord injuries with that, and, and we're, we're trying to help change some laws dealing with housing uh, for individuals that have spinal cord injuries because we've come to learn that uh, individuals that are 50 years of age and under, it's very difficult for them to find adequate apartment or housing. Uh, even though they have spinal cord injuries and that they have physical disabilities. I mean, senior citizens, they can live anywhere. They can get any apartment. And I don't, you know, I mean, it's on, but I mean, but, you know, if you make, if you get $8,000 a month and you're living in a low income apartment, I don't see how you qualify for that. So, uh, you know, we're dealing with these types of issues now where individuals that really need these apartments can't find them, so they end up in nursing homes and uh, they have spinal cord injuries because their families can't take care of them because, you know, the place is not big enough or houses are not adequate and all that. 
bedroom, that type of thing. Uh, so we're, we're fighting for housing for that, in that sense, too. Um, and, okay, um, and how, and how and can other you reach than you? That, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, that is. And how can they reach you? What's the best way to reach you? Well, they can reach they can reach me again. That's that number, 901-736-4107, if they want to assist. Yeah, we welcome you. We appreciate them. Uh, we welcome, really, uh, because uh, it, it, it's, it's uh, well, sometimes it gets kind of tedious when, you you know, you start seeing all the uh, all the individuals, that, I mean, including individuals that come back from, you know, from war. I mean, they have final foot injuries and, and, they, and yet they end up homeless. And, uh, you know, so um, we try to help in many ways as we can. Uh, we're doing some things over in Ethiopia. We just send some supplies to Ethiopia to add it. And uh, we're grateful that the pageant we got there. Uh, we're working over there as well. And um, as well as Kashmir is over in India. We're doing some work over there. Uh, we're you know, doing some protesting and as well as some uh, some some advocacy of advocacy rights and human rights in that in that country against India. Uh, so our company, Bill Hall, God bless us, Piani Partners Online, needing other. It's uh, we're, we're doing a lot. So if you if you're really interested and can help you in this, please nine zero one seven three six forty one seven. All right, all right. Thanks, Ron. Thanks again. Rodney, are you there with us? I am back. Sorry, you guys. I don't know what happened. Can you hear me, Tammy? Yep, I can hear you fine now. Yep. <laughs> don't, don't talk about my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you dropped twice. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. Uh-huh. Sorry. Yeah. All right, so we're going to switch it. This is your baby because, again, I just heard about this today on the radio and just for what you told me, but, but I'll, I'll come in with – I'll re- reply to what you have uh, with my comments or thoughts on it. So do your thing. Timmy, Timmy why, don't you, uh, why don't you read uh, the blog? Okay, all right. Let me get back to it. And for those of and, you guys out there listening, for those of you guys out there listening, just to give you a, a little background uh, while Tammy's pulling that up, uh, the reason why we decided to add this topic to the show tonight uh, is because one, it does pre- relate to school and education, uh, because as you probably know. Um, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance uh, is a part of schools. Uh, what you may not know is that in some in some areas of the United States, it, it, it is not uh, it is not practiced uh, for different reasons. When I taught school in in New York City, we did not say the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, it was not a it was not a part of our day, um, and the only explanation I got was uh, it was because there was uh, such a a strong uh, Jewish presence in uh, New York City that uh, the pledge just was taken out of the school, um, and that's unlike here in Virginia because we said every day the national anthem is a part of just about every major event um, that goes on um, at schools. 
um, at the sporting events. Um, someone always sings the national anthem before the before the, uh, the the game starts. And so last Friday, for those of you who don't know, uh, there was a football game between the Green Bay Packers and the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And the 49ers uh, quarterback, Colin Kaepernick, decided to uh, sit down um, during the uh, national anthem. And so, um, of course, with all the cameras around, it was captured and then it was put out there and, you know, the media put their spin on it. And um, when Kaepernick was interviewed um, about his actions, um, his refusal to uh, stand during the national anthem, his uh, his response was he wasn't going to show pride in the flag. Um that represents a country uh, that continues to um, oppress black people and people of color. And it's been in the news ever since I woke up Saturday morning. Um, Every day there's something going on. And so Saturday um, I decided to write a blog um, about it. And so, uh, Tammy, uh, do you have it? I do have it. Whenever you're ready. Okay. All right. Uh, Again, this is written by Rodney himself, and it's titled My Hand, My Heart, Your Flag, and it was posted August 27, 2016, and we'll give you the the information on how to find it. He starts, a few weeks ago, highly highly decorated Olympic champion Gabby Douglas was under great scrutiny for not placing her hand over, over her heart during the national anthem at the Olympics. Last night, San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick took things a step further when he sat down during the national anthem. This morning, the former NFC champion quarterback is catching hell on social media due to his reasoning for the unpatriotic act. I refuse to acknowledge a country that continues to oppress black people, Kaepernick told a news reporter. Every person has the right to say and do as they please. In fact, you even have the right to be wrong in America. However, my question for Mr. Kaepernick is, what have you done to counter this oppression you speak of? Ordinary blacks like me get up and go to work daily and will never make $15 million a year like Colin at our current job. Our career doesn't come with potential endorsements from multi-billion-dollar companies like Nike. However, We, ordinary people, do more to combat the struggles of this country than the people who have the most power, athletes and actors. I get that we blacks are fed up, but we can't blame white people for any oppression we feel. We raise our kids to value monetary things instead of education and family. Black mothers get their hair, nails, and toes done, but send their children to school looking a hot mess. Black fathers are too busy partying and getting laid, leaving women to raise children on their own, just to name a couple of of our downfalls. For anyone reading this saying, I'm not like that, you already know I'm not talking about you, but you get the point. Complain more about injustice than slaves did. I need to read that one again. We complain more about injustice than slaves did. Remember, If it wasn't for them taking action, we'd still be isolated today. 
Our children have opportunities in front of them that our ancestors could only dream of, yet we don't expose them to those opportunities. We're too busy making sure that we're cool and have things that don't need that we don't need like $100 sneakers. Therefore, if we're going to be mad at anyone, let's start with ourselves and our race. We are the oppressors. We choose to be gangbangers. We choose to be drug dealers. We choose to be deadbeat dads. We are our own enemy. Let's fix us first, and then if things don't change, we might just have an argument. There you go, Rodney. Great job. <laughs> um, let Let me say this, Tammy, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to you. Um, I want to go back and repeat something that that I said in that in that blog early on, and that is, um. Colin Kaepernick was well within his right uh, to do what he did or didn't do. Um, And I'm not saying that Kaepernick, um, my my stance is is not that, um, it's not whether he's right or wrong about um, his actions towards the the national anthem. but my question for for him is, um, and anyone who supports him, one, what has he done to combat this oppression that he that that he's referring to? Um, and then on top of that, my my next question is, um, black people have been oppressed for for years. And and so why why now? Um, it, it just raises a question in my mind because to me, if Colin Kaepernick wanted to make make a statement, um, the year that Trayvon, if, if I'm not mistaken, when Trayvon Martin was was was, was gunned down, um, I believe that was right around the time that. The 49ers played in the Super Bowl against the Ravens, but Colin Kaepernick was a a, a new superstar. He was a new sensation. To me, saying that you know what, I'm not going to play in this in the the, the the biggest game of the year. I'm not going to play in this game because black people have been oppressed. Because Trayvon Martin wasn't the first one who who was shot by a white officer. And it raises a question in my mind because when Colin Kaepernick had the stage, when he had um, the platform, he keeps saying his platform. He doesn't have a platform right now. Um, but when he had when he had the spotlight, he didn't do anything. But now that his career is in shambles, um, and you know. He, he isn't the star that he was. Now, all of a sudden, when there's talk about him being released or, or traded or things like that, and he's pretty much become irrelevant, and so has his, his team, now we get this. And I don't know Kaepernick's heart, but the, the only thing that this did was, was uh, I guess, create a lot of tension. 
And I'm not saying one side is right or wrong. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. Call out uh, from 678, I see you. We're going to pull you in. But my thing is, what has he done before before Friday? And why not set up a Super Bowl? And then I, I got something else, but I'm going to wait until um, uh, we bring our call in. Terry, did you want to go before I bring our call in? I do. Um I did not. I did not realize all of all of that about his career or or where he is in his, in the state of his career or the team. That does change the game a bit for me because um, at fifteen million dollars a year, people in today's world will do anything. They will they will take upon whatever cause is needed to keep that kind of money flowing in their lives. And I think if I'm, I think that's probably about what forty, forty, forty-one thousand dollars a day that that someone, if they're a fifteen million dollar person, you know, a year, then then that's mm-hmm. a lot of money, a lot of money today. So again, I'm with you, Rodney. What with that kind of money, you should have been in the spotlight long before this, and maybe some of those so young brothers, maybe we could have saved a few, just maybe. I don't know, and I don't know his heart either. However, I do know that people, for that kind of money and that kind of uh, attention, they will do anything to keep it going because people are not into integrity and, and, and character. You can do a lot with $15 million. You can do an awful lot. And for those who mm-hmm. make that kind of money and, and the spotlight, you know, again, we put so much focus. Anything can happen to someone, an actress or a football player or a basketball player. Anything, whatever can happen. They they can type boo-boo on Facebook, and you should see the number of people that are going to jump on it. Just They type the most craziest thing, but they're going to follow them, yet we say we're not part of this world. Yet we say we serve mm-hmm. something greater. But the, the value and the emphasis we place on people who have the sources, who have the means to make a difference daily in the lives of these in the children and the school system, who can educate a parent who's trying to go back to school and work. There's so much they can do. So I'm with you I'm with you on that. Where were you before? Especially now that you're telling me, um and, and before that I thought, well, you know, if that's if that's the way he wants to do it and if this is his time, then so be it. Maybe he just got frustrated. But I don't think it's a coincidence if if his if his career is kind of shaky and in the money as well. Then I I'm sorry I don't I don't think it's a coincidence. I could be wrong, but but I'm gonna have to judge it the way I see it. <laughs> I, I I'm with you, Tammy, and, and and I'm gonna bring our call in and and I'm just gonna say I mean the the. The same thing happened with Michael Jordan earlier this summer. I mean, I thought I think it's a great thing that Michael Jordan finally, you know, stood up and said something. And and I I think it's great that he 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 donated money to both sides of the issue. But again, where was this a long time ago? And so for me, I don't know about anybody else, but it just makes me wonder why now. And 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 don't get me wrong. People have a change of heart. People, you know, get sick and tired. And so that's why I'm asking because I don't know. And I would love for somebody to tell me because I still haven't heard Colin Kaepernick say why now. 
Kevin heard him answer that question. Uh, we're going to bring in our caller from area code 678. The last four digits are 9759. Caller, you are on the air. Hey, how you doing, Rodney? Hey, hey, what's up, Bo? What's going on? Hey, Tim, nope. how you doing? Hey, hey, Bo, how are you? Oh, okay. I can't complain. Um, uh, what, you, just what you got for the people? Hey, I'm just listening uh, to a lot of what was going on. Um, I wanted to make a comment to Tammy. That 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 uh, that last thing that you just read, that was that something that somebody uh, sent to you or, or was that something George that blog. Rodney wrote that? That's straight from Rodney. Yeah, that's Rodney's uh, work. Man, when I tell you that was on point, that was on point. I mean, it was everything that I could think to say about a subject that was so in tune to what's going on in today's society, Jill. Um, it's actually scary when you think about it, you know? Um, I know in the shop, you know, where I work, uh, I see a lot of mothers come in there, you know, to get their kids' hair cut. A lot of single mothers, you know what I mean? You see some fathers come in and get a haircut, uh, but you don't see as many fathers come in with their kids as you see mothers, single mothers bringing their kids in for haircuts. I mean, that used to be back in the day. That used to be a, a time with the father and the son to come in. You know, that was their little quality time. And when he got his haircut, he'd get his son's haircut. You know, and, and that would be their time spent on a Saturday or a Friday, a Friday afternoon or whatever to get their haircuts. Now, on Saturday, you see a lot. Of single mothers, and some of them, are, you know, not single, but mothers, period, come in with their kids to get haircuts. And a lot of these kids are spoiled beyond measure. I mean, when I say spoiled beyond measure, I mean certain things that they have to have, certain look that they want to have. I mean, and they sit right there and they coach the mom into what they what they want to get. This is what I want. This is what I want to look like. If it's not like this, I don't want it. You know, I want hairspray. I want it to be red. I want it to, you know what I mean? And I just think that, you know, we, we in today's society, there's too many parents trying to be cool with their kids. And they've stopped the parenting aspect to be friends to their children. And that's how come you have so many kids doing the things that they want to do is because parents stop being parents. I believe that if we get back to the point to where we're parents again, you know what I'm saying? You know, like you say, Tammy, raid the room. Ain't no such thing as it's your room and I can't search it. You know what I mean? Raid the room. Look, you know, find out what's going on, what they're, they're doing. Investigate their friends, the people that they hang around with. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and get back to that core. You know, we're going to be in some trouble, a lot of trouble. And I believe, really, I believe that the reason that the, the, the grade, the grading system changed is because you've got a lot of kids. That are that are dominant in sports, but they're not educationally um, capable. I'm gonna just say that, you know what I mean. And then what that that changing of the grades does is it gives those kids that are lacking in education a chance to play, even though they're you know what I'm saying. Exactly, Bo. I want I want before you even keep going with this, I gotta I want to go back to something you said, and I want to ask you a question. You mentioned uh-huh. about the women bringing uh, women bringing the the kids to get their haircuts and things like that. How much of what you what we see in the in the life of your average youth do you think has to do with mothers, women, 
being the disciplinary person, sometimes the only, even if the father is in the house. How much of what you see going on do you think has to do with um, mothers being emotional creatures, Mm -hmm. being over the discipline and just the everyday today stuff with these children? Okay, well, I see it. I see it every day. And 80%, I'm going to say 80%. I'm not going to say 100. I'm going to say 80% of the time the mom is trying to be the disciplinarian. Uh, the mom is trying to to make sure that that the, the things work because either either the father either the father works a full time job and he's not in the in the picture, or he's working two jobs and he's not in the picture, or there's no father at all in the home. But eighty percent of the time in my shop, there's a woman that comes in and she has the kids, um, and and a woman, you know. Sorry to say, a woman can't teach a man how to be a man. You know, only a man can do that. But you have women that are single parents that are trying to to give a, a young boy man knowledge when she's not a man. It's not going to work. It's going to come a point, 15, 16, 17 years old, when not, they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to listen to their single mothers. You know, even in my group, you know, Tighten Up Ministries, that I run through the barbershop, a lot of the kids up there I mentor to and, I, you know, I talk to, um, have this one kid, man, he's 16 years old, but he stands about maybe 6'2", 6'3", named Terrell. You know, his mom has five kids. He's the oldest of the five. When as soon as he hit 16 years old, he got off the chain, you know, and, you know, listening to rap music and, you know, this, that, and the other, his thing became lean and weed. If he didn't have lean and weed, then he didn't feel cool because in the rap songs, this is all they talk about. They glorify drinking, lean, and, and smoking weed. So, you know, that that became his father figure because there's none in the home. The, the, the music and the, and the rappers became his father figure. You know, lo and behold, me and my counterparts parts up to the barbershop, we got a hold of him, and we got to talking to him, man. You know what I mean? We got in touch with his mom and told his mom, hey, can you bring him up here on Saturday? You know, let him stay up here all day. You know, bring him up here Friday afternoon now to get us, let him stay up here all day. And we work with him, man, and we work with her, and she let us become his father figure. And today this kid has a job, man. He's in school. Um, he just had a baby uh, maybe three, four months ago, his girlfriend did. But he was able to buy all the baby clothes, man, the baby crib and everything, you know what I mean? And he, Like I said, he's working and going to school now. But there was a time last year, man, when this kid was on the chopping block to be put in prison for the rest of his life, you know? So, yeah, but like you I did said, something. Yeah, you, you did something. One, one. Uh, let me commend you on that too, brother. Congratulations. I hope, I hope, I hope many more, will, you know, come to your program and help, you know, and listen. You, because you know what, I, I'm finding a lot of a lot of those same age groups that you just mentioned. A lot of them don't want to listen. I mean, they don't, they don't want to listen. I'm like, how can you help them when you when they don't want to listen? You know, they don't want to take the time to sit down and listen. Even when I, you know, I, I talk to, you know, my own gang members, you know, former gang members, I talk to them, young kids coming up, now they gang members, and I tell them, look, listen, and learn. That's 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 one of some of our lit, look, listen, and learn. And and, and they don't, and it's hard for them to even do that. Sit down, look, listen, and learn. And uh, and so, I, I man, that's, that's, that's good, because he, he, he took the time out to do exactly what, 
that that will eat the time out to look, listen, and learn from you all. So, man, I commend you on that one. I, can I say something? I want to say just one more thing before I go. You know, um, we don't have to learn to do wrong. And, and and the kids these days don't have to learn to do wrong. And you know why that is? It's because doing wrong has become the new the new the new positive. You know, Paul said in the Bible, even when I went to do good, evil was always present. Meaning that when you go to do something good and positive, evil is always going to be the distraction to take you out. That the devil is trying to you know what I'm saying, and we're not giving him credit, but the devil is trying to to distort anything that's that's going to bring a positive attraction out of it. So you're already up against the stone before you start out because already, you know, by being born in sin, we're already going up against a negative wall. We have to distract the positive out of the negative in order for it to become a plus instead of a minus. So whenever whenever we start out on a journey, there's always a wall standing in front of us for failure. You know what I mean? So so we learn we're learning Today, you know, what I mean, in my, in my, in my through my my adult ministry, that when we start out, there's always going to be a block there, some kind of block that we have that barrier that we have to break down in order to reach the child, because because of the day society and rap music and the acceptance rate, All you know, that. yeah, you're All going up that. against other kids that that have told yeah. them that it's cool to do this, it's cool to do that, it's because cool to wear skinny jeans and be sagging. You know, yeah, it's you cool to uh, yeah, yeah, right. That. It's, it's cool to it's cool to skip school. It's cool to carry pistols. It's cool to steal cars. It's cool to rob yeah. folks. It's cool to home invade. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. These these are the things yeah. that we're going up against going into this yeah. thing. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Because a young right mind is easily convincible. You know, so that's just something yeah. that I wanted to say. You know, and I want to take up too much time. Yeah, we play that too. Hey, 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 Bo! I I sent yeah, you a message. Um. Can you give me a call briefly after the show, please? Yes, I will. Okay. Yes, I will. Hey, you guys, we we have another call, and I want to make sure that we get um, all of our callers in uh, as we wind down. We only have about uh, 10 minutes left on the show, so I'm going to bring in our next caller, um, and then we're going to start wrapping up the show. Uh, Caller from area code 330, last four digits are 4094. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, Rodney, hey, Tammy, this is Henry. How y'all doing? Hey, Henry, how's it going? I'm good, I'm good. Um, I was, we're talking about the second part, right? Uh, I think that we have to be careful the way that we teach when people decide to do something that may seem to be positive. Um, a lot of, first of all, this guy is biracial. And I'm pretty sure he's went through a lot of stuff, possibly with whites and blacks, as he's coming up. We always want our athletes to do something. We always want our athletes to take a stand. And then when they do take a stand, sometimes the first thing we do is criticize them, or we, you know, we want to run up, run it through it with a hot, with a with a with a fine tooth comb, or we try to check for ulterior motives. But you know, this is not necessarily. Uh, I mean, it could bolster his career, or it, could, or it could cause a lot of negative feedback. He can get death threats. He can get all kinds of stuff because people are saying that he's not just criticizing the flag. They're saying that he's criticizing the veterans and criticizing the, the armed services and stuff like that, So, which which really he, he's not because basically what he's saying is that the, the country is, is not supporting people of color 
and 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 the veterans that fight for the country, you know, they don't they're not even treated well by this country. So technically, if this guy had got up and said that he wasn't going to stand for the national anthem because he didn't appreciate the way veterans were being treated in this country, he probably would have gotten applause. But because he's saying that he's not going to do it because of the way black people in this country are right. treated, that's why he's getting the backlash. And the veterans right. fought for the black people as well as everybody else in the country. Exactly. So you really shouldn't be getting any backlash at all. We should just wait this out to see what what becomes of it. Uh, because when we critique people sometimes, it has a tendency to have a negative connotation. Um, and, and as far as the why now, you know, there's that old saying that, you know, if not now, then then then, then when? You know, I, you can't you can't go back and correct what you didn't do in the past, but you can always take a stand now. And 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 right. that's all he has is his present moment. Hey, and he might hey, this is behind that I, too. You're right. This is Tammy. I I totally understand what you're saying. However, I still stand by because I don't know how old this young man is. Maybe does does anybody know? Because again, I don't even know who he is. But but how old is this young man? He's like late. Uh, I want to say he's like late twenties. Yeah. Late twenties. Okay. Okay. I think by 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 that time in life, and, and maybe maybe not. Again, I can't judge his heart. However, I can judge his timing. And I'm not saying he's a bad person. I don't support how people are reacting to him, death threats or whatever they're doing, burning his jerseys and things like that. Because again, you all you all certainly you always have a time to make a change. However, I want to see a people. It's easy to sit down and not not salute. Make a change with the dollar. What are you doing? Okay, do your thing now. You've come out or you've sat down. What are you going to do other than sit down? I want to see more. Me personally, I'm like Rodney. I get up every day and bust my ass to make a difference in my life and children's lives that I, I have no connection to with the, with the little money that I have. So you sitting down not saluting, I'm sorry. It means, it, it means nothing to me. Show your money. But put some programs together. Support ministries like Tighten Up Ministries. Go find these men who are in these neighborhoods who are trying to do something. Put your money up where your mouth is. Put your money up where you want to stand or where you want to lose. So if it's a start to him waking up one morning saying, hey, I want to do something different, I can't judge him anymore that I can judge. People want us to judge every white cop. If a white cop does not kill a, a, a white child or a white person, I cannot say he didn't kill that white person because this is because he's white. I can say maybe he was raised different. Maybe he sees this as a life. So it's twofold. It goes both ways. I think again the timing, the timing and fifteen million dollars and and a sour career. If that's the case, I think your timing stinks. To me, that's to me. Am I glad he did something? Well, Absolutely. Can we, all, can, we also, Absolutely. Can, we also, can we also keep in mind that we may not know what he might be doing with his money. Right. Because a lot of times when people do things, they don't always broadcast what they're doing. Right. But this is one thing right. that he did that was nationally seen with the thing right. with the flag. I think he, so he needs to broadcast nationally what he's doing with his money, too. I, mean, I just think if you're going to be in that spotlight, if you can put yourself in that spotlight, I need if you're in that spotlight to the degree he is apparently because it's a big deal with everybody that he's doing it and sure it's probably because he did it 
standing up for the black race. However, I don't see why he should have to tell case, anybody if he has a nonprofit or he's helping. I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't see why. I mean, no one asks the Rothschild uh, what they're doing with their but, money. But, but again, I, I'm not surprised I mean, with the Rothschild. Hold on, Ron. Give me a minute. I, again, he's put himself out there in the spotlight. He is the spotlight. So that's who I'm talking about today because he is the spotlight. I want to see more. I mean, he just I, I mean, I'm saying by million. I want to see more than 15 million. And, and don't you know, I don't, and I don't know a lot, of, not a, few, a lot of people don't even know this, but you know, when you sign with the NFL, you get a long list of normal you know, agents and organizations that you can donate that you can you you can only donate to. You get a long list, and if and regardless of how much money you make, if if you go outside of, of not donating to these organizations, you can get in trouble. Uh, a lot of people might not know that. That's the reason why I found that out. The reason why a lot of individuals they, they don't they don't you know some start their own little nonprofits and they do what they can to help. But that's, that's the reason why you see them you know you see so many uh, athletes donating so much money to certain organizations, and uh, but they don't you know they don't donate to you know grassroots organizations because it's mm-hmm. part of the country, you know. Uh, and and, and uh, all those organizations work together with the NFL. Uh, so, right. Right. you know, you, you, you know. Again, Ron, yeah, I get it, but I, again, I'll say across the board, we have to, if we're going to think about it that way, then, then you know, again, I'll say if we want it to be just on one side, then be just on the other side. You can't say, and you know this for sure, Ron, from your situation, we can't say that all, all white cops kill Black people because they're black. So again, I mean, there's there's always kind of ways to to juggle the the balls. But my opinion, I still stand. I need more. I mean, at least in what way? In what way did he make a Wait, we can't hear both of you. Say that again. Go ahead. Go ahead, Henry. In what way did he make an extreme statement that was one sided, like to say that all white the all white cops are bad? What statement did he make that was coincide with that? I didn't say anybody said it. I was using that as an analogy overall. We're so quick to judge a white cop who who chooses not to kill a white person. We're we're so quick as a people, as a whole, to judge that white cop and say he didn't kill this person because this person is white. And I'm saying that if we're going to – if we want it to be just and equal on both sides, I – I'm I'm like just do right. I don't care what color you are, because again, I can't judge that white cop. I can't judge whatever this guy's name. Is. I can't judge the, the the football player, but I can make an opinion based on what I believe. And again, I, 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 I was trying to I was trying to understand how you were comparing the two. Yeah. What he yeah, did. I was using the, that as an analogy to get you guys to try to look at it to say because you made I think you made the comment about. When when a black person or, or or biracial person or whomever comes out and do something, we criticize it um, for whatever reason. And I was making the analogy to see we do that all the time with 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 white cops. Anything we can see a black cop, we've had just as many black cops involved in in these black killings, 
but we don't say much about the black cop because it's okay for a black to kill a black. And I'm not going to change the topic here, but I was making an analogy or wanting you guys to see it in a different way because I'm not crit- – I don't think Rodney was either. I'm not criticizing him as a person. However, I do have a pink an opinion about his timing. And, again, maybe he does have um, some kind of organization that he does for kids. And if he does, hey, kudos. I'm glad. We need more. Because, again, I say $15 million, you could sit down and change some, some change the lives of a lot of young brothers. And if he's doing that, kudos. But I think his timing is suspect to me. His timing and in, in when, we're long into this. I don't think 20-something-year-olds wake up and have this, I mean, you're almost 30, awakening. It's possible, of course. But to wake up at 30 and have an awakening of, oh, I'm sick of this. Really? Because I've been sick of this for a very long time, and I'm a woman, and don't have $15 million, don't have nearly $15 million. So, again, I think his timing is suspect. This is uh, this is Rodney, and um, <laughs> unfortunately we've, we've, we've run out of time. Um, but this has been a great uh, discussion, and, and who knows? Um, maybe maybe we'll come back to this because I don't think that this is the end of this. Um, I think that this will continue on because remember, uh, Gabby Douglas um, was in this was in the spotlight for uh, not having her hand over her heart. Um, but I don't think you know that was. Uh, I, I guess that that took on the same um, the same level of of, of press and um, I guess ideas, but I think the difference between the two is um, Gabby just said that she meant nothing by it. You know, she um, you know she wasn't trying to be disrespectful to to the flag or to the country or or to anyone. Um, and then on top of that, there are a lot of people who don't put their hand over their heart, but they do stand and recognize uh, the flag or whatever the case may be. And in, in this in this instance, I think that the reason why uh, this is taking on so much attention is because of what he said. Uh, and again, um, I'll go back to. Uh, the same thing Tim and I have been saying. Uh, what he did, um, you know, that that's his right. That's his prerogative. Uh, but for me, I question his his timing um, because I don't think it's a coincidence that this happened um, when they were – trying to get when when the 49ers were trying to get rid of him a few months ago and the teams that they were trying to trade him to signed um uh they drafted quarterbacks and so that kind of left him out there because the team he's currently on they don't want him and then um the teams that they were trying to trade him to they didn't want him either so what that essentially means is he's about to either be out of a job or he's not going to be playing. And when this contract is up, he probably probably won't see another contract or he won't see another big one. 
And so I think that's what that that's what is concerning for me. And again, it I can't I can't judge his heart. But if this is legit, what is the next move? Because I haven't heard him say anything about that. Because to me, you don't just say, "Let me make this statement," and then you have no follow up. Like, and because he said he he was ready for the backlash. Okay, good. The backlash is here. So what's your what's your next move? What are you going to do about this oppression that you're talking about? That's my question. What are you going to do, Tammy? I'm going to turn it back over to you, and then I'll, I'll close out the show. Well, well, I mean, I think I said all I, I I probably need to say on that. Other than it's easy to it's easy to sit down and not salute. I mean, it's easy, and we we get we give these people these stars and basketball players and football players, black, white, blue, green, I don't care what color you are. In my opinion, why, why, yeah, we're talking about it tonight because that's all I heard today while, while driving over and over and over again. But but people choose to not salute or put their hand or whatever every day. But it doesn't matter because in the eyes of the world, you don't matter because you're not of status. And, mm-hmm. again, if, if this is what it takes you to make the spotlight when you're a $15 million guy that is tired of black people being mistreated and you've been a $15 million guy for how long, I should have heard something by now. Somebody should have. Social media is booming. And maybe it's mm-hmm. out there. I don't know. But I'm with you, Rodney. What now? What now? Okay, let's cut your $15 million in half. What now? What now? But see, we can, we can not salute. We can want them to take the flags down. We can bitch all day, which is what we're good at doing. But what are you going to do when when the when the talking stops? What do you stand for? What are you doing? What keeps you up at night? Is it these children that's been killed? Is it the black person? Is that keeping you up at night, or is it the fact that you might not get picked next year? Because believe. Believe it or not, these people got people behind them telling them, you need to create some spotlight for yourself. I'm not saying that's the case. And if he was white, I'd say the same thing. I don't care about his color. What? Who is he? What is he doing? What now? Show me the money. Because you can sit down all day. Back over to you, Rodney. <laughs> As we close out, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna end with with this, um, and it's in regards to to this whole situation. And here's what I'm gonna say: we have we we celebrate Fourth of July every year, black people, white people too, but right now we're talking about black people. We celebrate Fourth of July every year, and and don't tell me you don't that don't tell me you just having a cookout. No, we it's because we're celebrating the Fourth of July. The Fourth of July um, represents independence, United States independence. That was in 1776. Black people were not included. Black people were still slaves after America gained its independence. So when we talk about Independence Day, it has nothing to do with black people. 
So if we if we're if we're going to stay with Colin Kaepernick, please tell me why. When everybody else was free, we were we were left out and left to be slaves. Why are we supporting this holiday? Why are we celebrating and participating in all of these things? And the red, white, and blue is good enough then when it had nothing to do with us. It had nothing to do with black people. And then on to the athletes. For Colin Kaepernick and everybody else The NCAA The NFL The NBA have been exploiting Our young black men For decades Why do they keep putting on the uniform If we are so oppressed And we have such an issue Why keep doing it And in college they're not getting anything out of it. They don't get paid for playing. They get to go to school on a scholarship, maybe. But think about all the jerseys that are being sold. Go back and look at the Fab Five documentary. Chris Webber said the day the light bulb went off for him was when he kept seeing all these jerseys with his name on it and the price of the jerseys, and he knew he wasn't getting a dime from it. But our black boys keep suiting up to make some white man rich. Nobody says a word. A few years ago, the whole Donald Sterling situation with the Clippers, this man was so racist, yet people kept playing for him. They kept going out there, making him richer and richer and richer. You don't have to be an entertainer to survive. Yes, people get paid big bucks and good money for it, but you can go out there and get a job just like I got on Tamman. So don't tell me that, well, it's their job. Okay. But there's a price to pay that comes with that job. Are you, are, are you willing to accept it? Until we want change with our hearts, these things are going to remain the same. Guess what? I guarantee you, I hate to say it, but Colin Kaepernick's actions Friday night are not going to step, are not going to stop the next Trayvon Martin situation, the next Mike Brown, the next Eric Hart. It's not going to stop it. Now, if he if he really had good intentions, he's gonna have a plan, or he should already have one, and he's gonna put it into place. If you want to affect anybody, and you guys are, you you guys all know this, you hit people in their pockets. That's when they that's when they hear you. Think back to the Montgomery bus boycott. Yeah, it took a long time. That boycott lasted a long time. But people stood their ground and they said, you know what? Until these laws change, we ain't getting on your bus. Yeah, people were inconvenienced. But they didn't see it as that. They didn't care about the inconvenience it was to themselves or each other. What they knew was 
there was a problem. And we're gonna we're gonna solve this problem. You don't wanna you don't wanna let us sit on the front of the bus? Cool. We ain't got to ride your bus. We'll find a way. I'll walk before I let you mistreat me. But see, we don't want to do that. We want to do things for. We want to do things for attention. We want to be the next hashtag. That's the society that we live in. So. Again, I'm going to say this. I really hope he had good intentions. And for everyone, and I'm not talking about this show, because just talking about this has made me think of something, and this will be the last thing that I say, and then I'll play the music. I have, I don't know how many friends on Facebook. I think it's up to a 1,000 now. I don't know what it is. And so I've seen a lot of Facebook posts supporting Colin Kaepernick, supporting the people who support Colin Kaepernick. And that's that, that that's that's good. I've seen a lot of tweets supporting it. Good. But why is it that you have family members, and friends who speak about injustice and you skip right over their posts on social media. You won't share their stuff. You won't like their stuff. But if a celebrity does it, you will defend them until the day you die. Why is that? If we're really about fighting against injustice and oppression, Tammy, Rodney, I think you answered that question a um, few sentences back. Until people want to change from the heart or in, in the heart, nothing's going to change. We we how long has the Confederate flag been around? What did it take for people to start fighting for it? How 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 much talk on social media do you hear or see now about anybody that has been killed wrongly? Mm-hmm. Anybody? Mm-hmm. How much do you see it now? So we react just like we reacting to this 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 situation here. Because again, mm-hmm. it's easy to sit down. It's easy not to salute. That's easy. It's especially easy to do it while the cameras are rolling. But what are you doing when nobody can see you and you're not going to get the applause for it? You're not going to get the publicity for it. And I don't care, again, if you're black, white, blue, or green, male or female. I don't care. What I do care about is what I see happening with and to our youth because of the Mm -hmm. choices that grown people, grown men and women who still want to play boys and girls, I do care about them. And if and if you put fifteen million dollars in the hands of of people like Rodney, myself, Bo, Ron, Henry, there should be it would be a difference. I would like to think that there will be a difference 
you guys would you guys would make the map because it's in your heart. So we can we can have a a, a difference of opinion on this young guy. I, I hope hope the best. I wish the best for him. Again, I think people are are unjustly accusing him in the way they're saying, you know, burning the shirts and all that. I wish no ill on him at all. But again, timing, timing is everything. Now, what 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 are you going to do now? The time is now. You made a decision not to salute, to sit down, whatever whatever it was. Now what? Because that's not enough. That's not enough. Just like all uh, the boycotting or, or the bridge scenarios, that's not enough. Because guess what? When you when you finish, what are you doing? Right here in Memphis, all those people were out on Elvis Presley Parkway. Elvis. What the hell are we doing at Elvis's house? We're counting what? I mean, really? We're counting what? And like I said, when kids don't have books, kids don't know how to read. Kids are not being taught phonics. What the hell are we doing at El- on Elvis Presley Boulevard? How long has Elvis been dead? And those people gonna come back next year, and next year, and next year. But we want to react. So why they why they jump on the bandwagon? When a celebrity or someone the world has deemed qualified is because they're looking for that same validation. They're looking for just a piece of what they have because they think there is where their peace lies. Who can't see that I would say 85% of celebrities, basketball players, their lives are screwed up. Why? Because mm-hmm. you put $15 million in the hands of someone with a corrupt heart. There's nothing you can do with a corrupt heart. And that's what the problem in most cases are today. We have a corrupt heart. We have a thirst for the world while trying to seek and serve God. You can't do both. Is this this man's thing? I don't know. But I think his time stinks. And I stand on that one. Perfect time for the song, Robbie. Perfect time. <laughs> we want to thank you guys for tuning in. We know that we we uh, we squeezed two topics in um, on you guys tonight, but uh, please understand that uh, we we believe that both of those topics uh, were timely. Uh, we we had not planned on talking about the Colin Kaepernick situation, but um, it came up and and we thought it was very uh, significant and 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 uh, the the discussion was much needed. And you can never talk enough about children or education um, or helping people become better people. So uh, we gave you guys two shows in one. <laughs> Uh, we thank you for hanging in there with us. Some of you guys have seen your number ever, especially Sammy's cousin Diane, seen your number um, ever since the show started. So uh, we we want to thank you guys for tuning in. Please don't forget we will not be on next Monday, uh, but we will be on the, the Monday after that, uh, September the 12th. So please join us. Uh, we love you guys. We hope that you have a blessed week. 
and we hope that you have a good night, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. But I know